Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Think about your struggles with temptation. Wouldn't it be great if this defined you? But he refused. But she refused. Like to have those three words define how it is that you respond to temptation. But he refused, just like Joseph. How did Joseph respond? He refused. He could have justified his sin, but he didn't. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. work, the places where you are, or what are you bringing into that? Or are you just taking? Am I just taking? Because when the Lord is with us and we have that in mind and we're really on mission, what we realize is like there is a blessing that gets to pass through us to others. People just get blessed because they're associated with us. And that was certainly the case with Potiphar. The blessing of the Lord was when everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And so Joseph, even though there's certain aspects of his circumstance that are challenging, he is incredibly successful. He's exactly where God wants him to be in this moment, and it's going well for him. And that's the first distraction. It's success. Have you ever thought about it like that? The more successful you are, the more distractions that are going to get brought into your life, maybe not to keep you from living of this world, but that will keep you from living for the Lord. The more successful you are at times, the more challenging it can be to live for the Lord. You know, there's a great example of this in the Old Testament. It's Solomon. Look at how Solomon is described in in 2 Chronicles. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. In other words, he was incredibly successful beyond anybody's wildest imaginations. If you read the prayer that he prays for the temple dedication, it's unbelievable. He talks about how he's a servant of the Lord. He's praying for the people of Israel. He's just committing his life to God. Three chapters later, in 1 Kings 11, this is what it says about Solomon. After he's experienced all that success, he had 700 wives of royal birth. In other words, these were more basically political alliances that were made to keep the peace, to keep the success. 300 concubines and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, His wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his father, had been. 
And it seems as though the success pushed him to need to marry more women in order to keep the peace, in order to keep the kingdom united, in order to keep the high level of achievement that he had. There's another man who experienced this, something similar, named Millard Fuller. You might not recognize Millard's name, but you've probably heard of some of his impact on the world. Millard Fuller was a man who, in the 60s, was a a very successful attorney. He was married, he had a young family, and right about 1970, he had become officially a millionaire at the age of 29. And to be a millionaire in 1970, I mean, that was, I mean, that's a lot of money in 1970. And so he's a millionaire. His, his practice is unbelievably successful. But he was also losing his health, he was losing his family, and he was losing his faith. You see, Millard Fuller had been, had been raised in the Christian church. He had been baptized into Christ. He knew what it meant to follow Christ. And somewhere, in, somewhere along the line in his 20s, he began to get distracted. And the more success he experienced, the more distracted he got. And seemingly the things that were most important in his life, the things that God had put in his life, the path that he was on, began to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point where his wife did hire the divorce attorney. And they were on the verge of signing those papers. But then at the last second, you might say, he gained a moment of clarity and he knew what he had to do. And you know what it was? It'd be the thing that so many of us would struggle to do. Maybe in that day people would struggle to do it. They definitely struggle in our day. You know what he did? He didn't give up on the marriage. He sold the practice. He quit practicing law. He moved into the country and he committed to reconnecting uh, and entrenching himself in the spiritual Christian foundation that he was raised in. And then he was trying to figure out what to do with his life. His marriage was better. His health was better. His faith was unbelievably better. And then he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. He always had a passion for housing. He wanted to help people have affordable housing. And so through a few different Uh, operations, you might say, actually in Africa, in the Congo, he developed a business model. And we know of that business model today as Habitat for Humanity. And it was a concept of rolling debt. He would give somebody a a cheaper loan, they would pay off that loan, and then they would take that money to be able to build another house for someone else, and then they would keep that cycle rolling along. And he started that he started that organization as a ministry that was founded on his faith. And he led that for 30 some years. And then the early 2000s, there came this crossroads with Miller Fuller and his board. He wanted it to get back in touch with more of its Christian roots, and they wanted to go more secular. And so what happened? Well, in 2005, they fired him. The guy who started the whole thing, they fired him. And then he, in turn, started another organization that would help people in housing with a similar model. And when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, one of the first people they called was Millard Fuller. And he started that new organization with a foundation of his Christian faith. And the reason I tell you all of that is because just like Solomon didn't do it, Millard Fuller did do it. Success can be one of our greatest distractions from being faithful to the Lord and experiencing what I said in John 10, what Jesus said and what I read to you in John 10, a full life in Christ. 
And so is your success distracting you? Jeremiah chapter 17 says this, and it warns us with these words, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Why? Because their confidence won't be in themselves, but instead it'll be in God. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. So Joseph is successful, and he's got this temptation to get pulled away, but he doesn't do it. And how do we know that? It's because he told Potiphar, he said, all of this is because the Lord is with me. It's not because how smart I am. It's not because how strong I am, as we're going to come to find out. It's not because how good looking I am. It's because of the Lord. And Potiphar acknowledged that, that, that this guy had a relationship with Yahweh, not Elohim, a big G God, not a low G God. That's how you combat that's how you combat the distraction of successfulness is that you point it back to the Lord and you realize that's where your confidence should be. So we come back into the text in verse six. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Think about this a few different ways. There are so many reasons that uh, Joseph could have justified this. He could feel sorry for himself and say, well, I'm in this terrible position. Why not just go ahead and go with it? Why not go along with it? Nobody's around. None of my family's here. They won't know. Well, why can't I do this? I'm doing so many other good things for, for my boss, for Potiphar. Why can't I just give in? I mean, he could have justified it a lot of different ways, but he doesn't. He speaks to the issue two ways that we need to speak to temptation. He speaks to it rationally and he speaks to it spiritually. He says, out of all the things... Here, I have access to except you. So he's speaking into it again with his rational mind. But then he says, even if I were to give into this, which I won't, but if I did, it's not a sin against Potiphar, it's a sin against God. And so his faith is taking hold. And then he goes on. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, because that's how temptation works, he refused to go to bed with her, even with her. And one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants 
was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran off, ran out of the house. He ran away from it as, as fast as he could. And what was the second distraction on this path of success, this path of blessing? It's temptation. The temptation is going to come to you. And I've, I've, I've dealt with my own temptations. I've sat with many people who've struggled with their temptations. And I tell you what, there's been some people that have dealt with some pain that I can't even adequately communicate to you. And they just, because they gave into those temptations and they wish that they had these kind of words to find them. Wouldn't it be great if you, think about your struggles with temptation. Wouldn't it be great if this defined you? But he refused. But she refused. Like to have those three words define how it is that you respond to temptation. But he refused, just like Joseph. How did Joseph respond? He refused. He could have justified his sin, but he didn't. And it's always coming at us. Think about a man like Samson in the Old Testament. He's a man who is incredibly successful, great leader, judge over Israel, won a lot of battles for the people of Israel, but he also struggled. It was said of him that he was a he-man with a she-problem. And he definitely had problems with crossing lines. And here's the thing about giving in to temptation when we don't refuse, is you might not immediately suffer consequence, but eventually you will. You might not immediately suffer the consequences, but eventually they will come. And with Samson, that's exactly what happened. Eventually, he had crossed so many lines. He ended up with Delilah. He, he reveals the secret to his strength. His hair is cut. And then he wakes up and he expects everything to be just like it always is. He expects to shake off the trouble. But this is, what the, this is what the text said. Then she, Delilah, called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. It's that moment when you give in. And then you kind of get back to your life again. You just think everything's going to be okay. There's not going to be a problem again. You just wake up. Something gets your attention. You just shake it off. Everything's going to be okay. But what we learned from Samson is there comes a point at which it's not okay. He didn't know that the Lord had left him. He didn't know he wasn't going to win that battle. He didn't know that everything was going to go back, that it wasn't going to go back to the way that it was. He's on the path. He had the credentials. He certainly had the ability. And then temptation just kept getting the best of him. Just like a friend of our family's. She, she found herself, she's married, but then she would find herself often drinking a little too much. Then she kept doing it and kept doing it. And eventually, she ended up having an affair with another man, lost her marriage. And then now years later, she's remarried. She has kids now. Fortunately, she didn't have kids in the first marriage. But she just looked back on that and she remarked to us and she said, it's no wonder it didn't work. Jesus was never in it. And that's why I did what I did. The temptation just became too much. She was on a decent path, but then it became too much. Where it's like another guy I know, incredibly successful. Life is going good for him. He had just great job, had a great home, great kids, 
solid wife. They were starting to get dialed into the church, but he just couldn't control himself. Temptation got to be the best of him. And there came a point at which he crossed lines that he was never going to be able to come back from. And that distraction, it ruined him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Temptation comes to us all. It came to Jesus, and he continually leaned back into the Lord. But like Joseph, what we learn here with Joseph is that, again, he responded to it rationally, spiritually, and he refused to absolutely give in to what it was that came his way. And so then what happened? How did Potiphar's wife respond from the rejection? Well, when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. And when he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. This is the second time that a robe, a cloak of sorts, has been left and has gotten Joseph in a bit of trouble. It's the second time that a lie has been attached to a cloak of his. She kept, she kept his cloak beside her until his, his master came in, came home. And then she told him the story. That Hebrew... So there's an element of racism here. Slave that you brought us came to me. So now it's spousal manipulation to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. This is your fault. That's what she's saying. This is your fault. And when his master Heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Did Joseph do anything wrong? No. He was actually behaving right. He was living out his faith. And that's the third distraction that will take you off the path. And it happens. The third distraction is injustice. It's when you feel like somebody's being too harsh to you 
It's when you feel like somebody is misunderstanding you, when you feel like somebody is misrepresenting you, and you're just living out your faith in a lot of cases. But what we have to realize as Christians is in the first century, that was common practice. That actually your life got harder the more faithful you were. At the beginning of the book of Acts, there's a group of Christians that are being persecuted. And, and the Sanhedrin is trying to figure out what to do with them. And this very wise Pharisee named Gamaliel says, look, if these people have really come from God as they are saying they did, we are fighting against God. But if they didn't, then what they're trying to do will certainly fail. And he was so persuasive, he calmed the Pharisees down from, absolute, from causing them to go and absolutely execute all the Christians. Instead, this is what the text says in, in Acts chapter 5. His speech persuaded them, referring to Gamaliel's. And he called the apostles in. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. How, how would your faith be? How faithful would you be to God if you had to deal with a beating because of your faith? If you were really to deal with some out-and-out injustice, persecution, would you want to come to church? Or would this be the thing that you would start avoiding? I mean, that's how we really know if we want to walk down the path with him and we want to live that full life. Because you can keep doing everything that you're doing. You can work, meet your goals, save your money, have a few vacations, do all of those things. But if you want to be a part of this, that means that you're going to get beaten. What would you do? That's the distraction. And that's the thing that takes so many people off track. But what did they do? What did they do? Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. But the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for Jesus' name. It's a lot to reconcile there. But I think back to the story of Job. And I'll wrap up with this. Job was a man who was incredibly successful. In fact, he was so successful that Satan goes to God and he says, the only reason that he follows you, worships you, wants to walk down this path of the full life, you might say, is because of how good you've been. So it all gets taken from him. And then his wife comes to him afterwards and says, Job, you need to curse God and die. So that's his temptation. He had success, he had temptation. And then lastly, a grave injustice. He had done nothing wrong to deserve the punishment, but how did Job respond? Job responded by praying these incredibly mean and awful, hurtful prayers to God. You've abandoned me. I don't deserve this. This shouldn't be. And then at the end of the story, God enters into the picture and he honors Job. Why? Why did he honor Job? He honored Job. He honored Job because Job never turned away from him. And that's how you respond to injustice. That's how you respond to success. That's how you respond to temptation. You just never turn away. If you can just keep leaning into the Lord, even though your prayers may not be right and they might not be all that holy and they may not be perfect, if you can just turn into Him, you will always be on that path and that full life is indeed something that you can experience. Something that you can experience. And that is the wonder of what we got to see earlier with the baptism and the testimony of Andy as he was giving us his life to the Lord to walk down this path.
And what else is amazing is we see that in Jesus. Ministry was successful, tempted in the desert, didn't give in. On the cross, he's dying for sins that he never committed. Wow. And what does he say there? Forgive them for they know know not what they have done. That's the Savior, that's the Lord who we are called to follow. And that's the one who said, I didn't come. I didn't come for you to lose your life. I came that, you would, that your life would be saved, that you would live a life that, that is full. And so we got the dream, we got the detour, we've got distractions, and we're called to be faithful. And our team's gonna lead us in one more song, but we're gonna pray before we get into that. So let's do that. Father. Lord, we all have these things in our lives, whether it's success or temptation, or maybe it's in some respect in it, we feel unfairly treated. Lord, in all of it, may we just lean into you, turn into you, commit ourselves to walk the path with you that you've set before us. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.